0: They don't, they don't make these mics for tall guys. Good morning. Welcome to White's Ferry Road. Y'all feeling good? Yeah. We're with our creator, the creator of the universe right now. Y'all feeling good? Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, we've got a few announcements. I, I just want to welcome you guys, uh, members. Great to be with family, but also visitors. If you're visiting with us, we're just excited that you're here. Honored that you chose to be with us and to be with our Father. Uh, if, you, if you are visiting, stick around. We want to meet you. We want to get to know you, and we love you. Uh, We've got some slides for you. Just be aware of what's going on here. There's a Heartfest banquet. We're also doing uh, baby bottles for the children's ministry, and there's a singles bowling party Monday, July 28th. Also, I want to announce, uh, I just got this little note here. I'm just going to read it verbatim because I can't say it any better. Congrats to Susie Item for putting up with Steve for 30 years today. And then, also, we want to celebrate uh, uh, our newest member, uh, Lindley June Tyner, uh, daughter to Drew and Jenna Tyner, granddaughter to uh, David and Janice. Good grief. I can't even think this morning. I just, I'm so excited to be here with you guys. I love you guys. All right. With that, Kellett, come on up. I think we, Kellett's got something for you. And uh, let's praise our God.
1: Well, good morning. I want to introduce you to another visitor we have. Uh, we have Congressman Bill Cassidy with us today. Uh, uh, where are you at, Bill? There he is. Front row guy, I like that already about you, brother. Uh, thank you for being with us. And uh, after service, if you'd like to meet or visit, talk with him, he will uh, be out at the complaint desk. I mean, uh, no, I was just kidding. But he, he'll be in the foyer back there get, uh, take an opportunity to meet and welcome him. Glad you're with us, Bill. It's good to have you. Uh, also, you know, uh, we're a place that believes in prayer. Many of you have been praying for Ethan McMillan and his surgery, and uh, he's probably not supposed to be here yet, but he's here today, and we want to have a, another special prayer for coming through that surgery. I know he's got a long time of healing and, and things that are coming up with him, and uh so uh, we're wanting, we want to gather, a few of us just gather around uh, him and pray and uh, continue to pray for Ethan. Ethan, I, uh, I know it's hard for a preacher to ask a man who had back surgery to stand up. But I want you to just, to, if you can, just look around and see all these folks because everybody here has been praying and will continue to pray for you. Uh, I know as a young teenager to go through this kind of difficult surgery is a difficult thing, but we love you. And we're behind you 100%, brother, okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you for answering our prayers through this surgery and the success of it. But we also know there's a, a, a long uh, uh, road ahead of uh, therapy and of healing and uh, things to happen. So we do pray, Father, continue healing for Ethan. We pray, Father, I know it'll be difficult on him. Uh, as a young man uh, helping to have the patience he needs help, help his body to respond quickly yes. Yes. Um, and bring about this good physical results as well as just a good spiritual growth for him thank you for his faith and thank you for the faith of his mom and amen. his dad amen. in jesus name we pray amen, amen.
2: and up
3: worship, try it out. Trent actually had a great uh, comment about it Wednesday in his class about when we're, you know, in some kind of trouble, right? It's kind of the universal sign for surrender, right? I give up, right? Don't hurt me or whatever situation you're in, right? But, But those of you that have experience and that, you know, that do it all the time, Scott Nelson, uh, Gordon always says he's always, he's always got his hand up and nobody calls on him, he feels so bad for him <laughs> but yeah, Scott is one of those guys where I, when I'm up here, brother when you're worshiping you help me when I'm up here and there's others of you guys out there that when I'm up here worshiping you're, and you're I see you giving it up like that that just really helps me but I'll tell you a really quick story about raising your hands, when I was a little kid I went to a church camp it wasn't uh, Tioka, it was in Texas, but, um, uh-oh, some Texas people. Uh, church camp, even though I, I was a little one, the, um, the times that we had for worship in our group were really emotional. And I remember sometimes we would, uh, they'd have us in this room, we'd have chairs there, we, we'd sit around in these chairs. But uh, it would kind of be like, you know, just get in whatever position you feel comfortable in, right? So most of us would get on the floor, sit on the floor, or lay down on the floor. You know how kids do. And, uh, you know, we, we would do that. Some people would be sitting in the chairs. And I remember we'd, I would have my eyes closed. And this one time we were, sing, we were worshiping, probably something like listen to our hearts or something. And we were sitting there worshiping, you know, and, and it's just intense. And I remember hearing this song being sung, but I, I was hearing this voice that didn't make sense um, where it was coming from because I had my eyes closed and I heard it coming from like over here, right? And so I kind of look up and there's a girl, I still remember her name, Carly, but I don't remember anything else about her except for this. She was in the chair, standing in a chair, eyes closed head back, reaching, reaching for the ceiling, trying to be closer to her God that she was singing to. Crying, tears coming down her face. That image has stuck with me my whole life. Uh, I mean, sometimes I wish I had that ability to just be that open, right, just, it reminds me of the, of kids, right, when kids come up to you, they're hurt, or scared in some way, right, and they come up to you, and they're, right, they want you to pick them up, and you're, I mean, it's instinct, right, you just scoop them up, I'm talking about little ones before they get heavy, right, you just, it's like an innate thing, right, you have to, you have to pick them up, and I'll, I'll, paraphrase Christ, right? When he says, if you who are inherently not good know how to do that for your kids, how much more does our Father in Heaven, who is inherently good, want to do that for you, right? When your kids are doing that, oh, they're hurting or or they're crying or they're scared or, or they need you for some reason and they come to you like that. You just want to scoop them up. Think about how much God wants to do that for you. When you're pouring your heart out to Him, I'm hurt, I'm hurting, I'm scared. Please help me. Be closer to me. Let me be closer to you. If you're comfortable enough, try it out. If you're not comfortable, leave it alone. Okay, the song we're going to sing, Lord, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. Most of you guys are going to be comfortable doing that. There's another verse of the song that says, I love you, Lord, and I lift my hands. If you're comfortable doing that, try it out. If you're not, that's okay. Lift up your voice. Lift up your hands, if you will. Lift up your voices. But more than anything, please lift up your hearts. Okay? I'm going to give you a moment to kind of close your eyes, get in the zone. Then I'll lead you in one more song before we do communion.
4: Good morning. So when Lori asked me to do it, I was scared to death because last time I did it, I blew it. It's been 15 years since I've uh, done the Lord's Supper because of it. <laughs> so if you do this, don't mess it up. But I'll tell you what it was. Is uh, It was so it was pretty cool. It was, when, it was 15 years ago. I was in the Marine Corps I was in boot camp. And uh, they separated the Catholics from the Protestants and they got the Protestants and split them all up and you went to your little your place and so I said, you know, Church Christ, and I had a buddy of mine, we all went, me and him, and there was 12, there was 12 guys in all of basic training at the, you know, at our worship. And so the guy, the preacher man, head of the deal, you know, he's asking where you're from, I'm like, I'm I'm from West Monroe, Louisiana. He's like, man, you heard of Whites Ferry Road? I'm like, yeah, that's where I go. You know? He's like, you go to Ferry Road, tell me about it. What's it like? Is it really like everybody says it is? Is it is it really that good? I'm like, yes, it is. It's awesome. He said, Will you do the Lord's Supper for us? I'm like, I got this, yeah. So I get up there and I do it. And then afterwards, he's really upset at me because I did I did it backwards. You know, I did the 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 juice first, then the cracker. I mean, I was so nervous, you know? And so I haven't done it since. So Lori sends me a deal, says, you want to do it? I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. And then all of a sudden, it's just like flashback of fear, you know? So let's hope this goes well. Um, but this, you know, what we're doing here, this is the, the badge of the Christian profession right here. This is, a, this is a big deal. And we do it because Jesus told us to do it. And he told us to do it in remembrance of him. And when he says to do it in remembrance of him, it's not. let's not just think of what he did for us on the cross, not just that. He, he meant remember what. not just what he did for us, but what he continually does for us day by day, moment by moment in our life. Where even, I mean, throughout the day we go back to the cross because we need it continually. And so let's remember that. And I want to read a passage that, that's typically not used in... in uh, communion. I haven't heard it, but um, it's a, I think it's an answered prayer that Jesus made in, in uh, John 17. He's talking about his disciples and he's praying for unity among them, but then he prays for us, and it's pretty cool. I'm going to read I'm going to start in verse 20. It says, I do not ask for these only, not just his disciples, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may be all one just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them and you and me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them, even as, I love me, as you love me. Father, I desire that they, he's speaking about us, that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me because you love me before the foundations of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. So this right here, not only are we remembering what he did for us and what he continually does for us, this is where though we're many in this room right now we become one and we answer this prayer so let's let's go to the Father right now and pray Father God in heaven we just come to you in Jesus name Lord we just love you so much Father we thank you so much for the sacrifice that that your Son's given us oh God we don't deserve it Lord, I, I just I think it's so awesome to think on this day Father that people believers all over the world today right now are about to take the lord's supper father god and and remember your son and father god we will do this to proclaim the death of your son jesus that he did for us father god and we will continue to do this father until he returns for us but we thank you so much for the sacrifice it's in jesus name i pray amen pray. Father God, we just come to you again in the name of Jesus, Father. And again, we thank you for the, for the blood that was shed for us, for, for all of our sins, Father, for our past sins and, and our future sins, Father God. The sacrifice you made was so great that we cannot even comprehend it, Father. But We're so grateful for it. And right now, Father, as we take this Sprue the vine, Father God, I just, I pray that we search our souls and our hearts and our motives and our intentions, Father God, and I pray that we just lay them all to you, Father. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. So uh, I'm sitting there, and my daughter comes up, sits beside me. She said, Daddy, you never told me that story where I messed up the communion. I'm not proud of it, Hudson Lane. It's kind of embarrassing. But look, now is the time where we give back. Um, I'm not going to go through it all. You've heard it. You know it. This is what we do as a church of believers, and uh, we take care of our own and for those who are not our own. So uh, this is the time we do this. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come to you, Lord, and uh, we thank you so much for all of our many blessings, Father God. Lord, we we thank you for the the things that we take for granted every single day, Father. Lord, uh, the abundance is is just overwhelming, even for the, the least of us, Father God. As far as the world's concerned, we're very richly blessed, Father. I just pray that we give back and uh, because of our love for you, Father God, in your example, Lord, it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.
1: of Acts, and we ask asked the question today, can this happen again? This might be the first of it happening again right here, you know. Uh, I, I do really do appreciate you being here today. I know we have a lot of visitors. I, I met some folks uh, in the back from Kansas. Thank you for being here. And met some people from Florida. There's a whole busload of Florida people, right? Y'all, y'all raise your hands in Florida. Just raise your hands and let us know where you're sitting. We don't, we won't say where we're maybe they left, no I just, uh, we have uh, some folks from uh, where else? Illinois, there's some Illinois crew, Texas, Virginia, New Mexico, Oklahoma, do we have anybody here from West Monroe? (laughs) i am begin to wonder for a minute there. Uh, well, you know, that's kind of the way the book of Acts starts. There's a whole group of people gathered up from a lot of different places, remember? Because they've all come in and traveled from their hometowns to this place called Jerusalem. And they're all gathered there for Pentecost. And then uh, uh, in Acts chapter uh, 2, Peter gets up and there's this big crowd there and he preaches the gospel to them. Remember the story? And as he preached the story of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, oh, there's this great response, and 3,000 people did just what Darnell did and were baptized into Christ, and boy, that kicks off the book of Acts, right? And it kicks off the kingdom of God going into all the world. And they start there in Jerusalem, gathered up, grouped like you are, and then they go out from to, to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the other most parts of the world, the rest of the world. And so I hope this crew right here today... Becomes another Acts too. that whatever you hear about the gospel here that you embrace it and it becomes the, the, your heart and you go out of here and to, to wherever you live and wherever you're going on your journey and take the gospel with you. That's what it's all about. And then in the book of Acts, all of a sudden, those thousands of people, within a few chapters, it's 10,000 people, and they're meeting in temple courts, some some of them are meeting in house to house, they're in small groups, they're in different places like that. They're gathered up, and, and they're continuing in the apostles' teaching, and breaking bread, and fellowship, and prayer. Remember those things we talked about? And they're making disciples, they're teaching other people to teach, because that's the goal. It's one thing to baptize a bunch of folk. But it's another thing to make disciples where they learn to live like Jesus and take that message to everybody else. That's the hard part, really. Everybody's excited at the beginning of a project, right? It's that halfway mark, halfway through that people get tired and give up on something. And we have to have that discipleship going on or we keep growing and we keep maturing. You know, can this happen again? Can there be such a movement of God's people that the gospel just explodes with guidance of the Holy Spirit that takes the good news of Jesus to the whole world. Can it happen again? And can it happen with you? That really becomes the question. Am I ready to be a part of that? Because you see, I think to do that you've got to be sold out for Jesus. I think we allow people, we've cheapened the gospel, we allow people to buy in without being sold out. You know what I'm saying? And look, uh, the goal of our journey is to not live life for Christ and die safely. That's not the goal. To become a disciple and to really live like he wants to do is to live dangerously. And now it becomes all of a sudden that we become a people that looks radical to the world, but it's the normal disciples' person that all of a sudden is out there boldly sharing Jesus with her. they are. They're selling their land. They're selling, uh, they're selling their goods, they're feeding each other, they're taking care of the poor, and they're on their way on their journey doing whatever it takes to make sure people hear of this one called Jesus Christ. And that's what happened in the book of Acts. All the way with the great conversions of, of Cornelius, with the great sermon of Stephen, uh, with the great journeys of Paul, and uh, all the way down to where at the very last of the, uh, the book, he says, Paul does, just keep on preaching the gospel boldly, Every time you have opportunity. That's what happens. And that's what we want to see happen again. And where does that put me? Am I really sold out to that happening again? They baptized 3,000 people there in Acts 2. They gave up everything to follow Jesus. They crossed racial lines, country lines, religious lines. It sounds a little crazy, doesn't it? You know, I read an interesting stat the other day, Trent, you know, you're all into the mental health care, right? And he's always tutoring me along there. And uh, uh, that one out of, I think he said like one out of four people will struggle with mental illness. So just look at the three people around you, and if they're normal, you're it. Some of you said, all four are mine or uh, we're we gathered up all in the same place today, right? Well, what we do in living for God will look crazy to the world. It'll look like, what are they doing? They're not, they're not using their talents to, to, to mount up possessions. They're not using their talents to, to mount up money. They're not worried about uh, all the career. They're not worried about that. That's not their goal. Their goal, whether they have those things or not, doesn't matter. Their goal is to get Jesus out to people. Now that's acts, the acts of the apostles, the acts of the church, that what was going on, the action of the kingdom of God, that's what we've been seeing when the Holy Spirit converges with ordinary men, disciples are made, and the gospel goes forth. And I'll tell you, it's exciting to be a part of that. It really is. It's exciting to be a part of that. Al was just telling me there were uh, I think over 200 people that were baptized on the uh, Duck Commander cruise. Now that's a cruise. I like that kind, you know. That's great. So Trent, can we get up a counseling cruise or something? I mean, we'll be four of us on there anyway, right? Uh, you know, whatever it takes. There's a group of our folks that are still, some of us got back from the Dominican Republic, you know, we've just been down there. Some of our teenagers and stuff are still there, uh, sharing the good news, working with an orphan home there that we support, and, and as well as the church, and, and so many good things are happening there, just trying to get the gospel out there. Uh, so many opportunities to see Acts, yes, happen again. It really can happen again. You know, uh, it's said that when you were born... You were spoon-fed on one end and diapered on the other. And that's okay when you're two months. But when you're 22, that's not so good. You know what that means? No longer am I the center of the universe. No longer am I the center of the world. It's not all about me anymore. And the one thing these disciples had down in the book of Acts, that they knew it wasn't all about them. It was all about the message of Christ. And they got that down. They were sold out for that. And whatever it took to get that message out. Well, I think there are some things we've got to make sure that happens if we're going to make sure that this thing happens again. The first thing is we've got to teach Jesus to people. In Acts chapter 5, verse 42, day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stop teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. As simple as that sounds, you can go to church all the times you want to, take all the Lord's Supper you want to, and sit down and not be a part of either learning about Jesus or teaching others about Jesus. We can just become, in our Western religion, an audience that sits there. One man called them the unconverted believers. There are tons of people meeting in church buildings like that today. That's not what Acts 2 will be born out of. You see, teaching people about Jesus is the key. When Peter got up he preached that same old message that Jesus came from God in the flesh. In the beginning was the Word, Word's with God, the Word was God, that Word became flesh, made His dwelling among us, the incarnation of Christ, the crucifixion of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, the ascension of Christ, and the fact that He's coming again one day, that story is what changes people's lives, it changes people's hearts, and when their hearts were pricked, they said, What do we do in Acts chapter 2? He said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of your sins. And boy, that started off, right? But we have to teach people for that to take place. And you know, while everyone is not an evangelist, and while everyone is not the best teacher in the world, we all must be behind, we all must be behind making teaching take place. Maybe you can bring a friend. To someone else to be taught. I guarantee you there's some people here ready to teach and you may be a part of bringing them to be taught, you may be the teacher, you may learn how to teach, you may think you can't but you really can but that's how the gospel is going to spread. Uh, Trey and uh, Brian uh, are going to be starting a class as a matter of fact. Uh, gospel one-on-one to sit down with a group of people and teach you how to sit down with your Bible and teach someone the gospel of Christ and bring them to the Lord. They're fixing to start there here in a couple of weeks. Get in on that class. Uh, uh, Step out with a little bit of boldness and make sure you know how to just share the good news of how God changed your life with somebody else. But teaching's got to take place. Someone's got to share the gospel. You know what? It takes the boldness sometimes. Because we never know how people will respond, right? I mean we're, we're worried about what they'll say or is this gonna ruin my relationship? What's this gonna do to my job? I mean there's a lot of questions get involved there, but look they're valuable enough to teach. God loves you and He loves them. Teach them regardless of the cost. Teach them and teach them the story of Jesus. In Acts the message was clear. The gospel Needs to be taught. We're going to go to two services here in a, in a few weeks in, in September. Someone said, Well, Mike, why are we doing that? It's just because we're overcrowded. No, it's not just that. We want to teach people who come here about Jesus. I'm not concerned about your parking space, really, because if your commitment to Jesus will, uh, is no greater than the comfortable, uh, comfortability of your parking space, uh, we got trouble anyway, right? I mean, look, if not being able to park is going to keep you out of the building, you know, and you're a disciple, nah, we got a lot of teaching to do, really, to be honest with you. It's not about that. It's about creating more opportunities to teach more people about Jesus. It's about being enthused to say, let's, let's fill this thing up ten times on a Sunday and get people taught about Jesus and send people out of here teaching about Jesus. It's got to all come from the heart of the gospel. And look, if it's not changed my heart, then how am I going to muster up the energy to share it with somebody else? If I'm not assured of my own salvation, what am I going to tell somebody else? Uh, You know, I don't know if you're saved or not, but uh, come along and be with me. You know, I might might make it, you know, who knows? (laughs) If I say enough prayers and do it, right? One of the things that kills evangelism is legalism and the lack of assurance that people have in the grace of God. Look, God will give you what you need when you need it. Trust Christ and teach people about Jesus. Then we have to be Jesus to people. That means be authentic. Look in Acts chapter 5 you find a couple that they weren't very authentic right? Remember Ananias and Sapphira? Remember that story? When they walked in and they lied about the money that they were going to give to the church, be getting real nervous about your contribution right now, aren't you? <laughs> I'm sorry, Mike. The basket didn't come by me. I mean, you know, Trey got up there too quick or whatever, you know. By the way, Trey, that's how we decide that. If the, if the contribution goes up, we we'll let you do the, the, the whole deal again. You know what? No, no, not really. Uh, <clears throat> But, but look, they, they came there, their, their hearts were bad, they were not authentic, they were not sincere about what they did, they lied to the Holy Spirit, and they drug out two dead people that day. And fear, rightly so, filled the hearts of men. And people understood that this is a serious thing to follow Jesus, and you better be in it with your whole heart, and be authentic with it. Be people. Look, when when Peter and them saw the the need of, of, of a man who was crippled or they saw the need of someone who was blind or they saw the need of the poor, they were Jesus to those people. They took care of them. Look, whatever Jesus did in his life while on earth, as a church, we are the body of Christ. We should be busy doing in our life. So if Jesus was meeting and teaching prostitutes, we need to teach them. If Jesus was meeting with those who committed adultery and accepting and loving them, we need to accept and love them. If Jesus was taking care of the poor, we need to take care of the poor. If Jesus was challenging people, we need to challenge people. We are the body of Christ. We must be Jesus to those we live around. If they don't see it's authentic and true in us, they'll never come to the Lord because sometimes that's the only thing they see. Be Jesus To people, be helpful, be humble, be authentic, and treat people the way that Jesus treated people. Also, we need to see Jesus in people. This is this is the one I think is difficult. In Matthew chapter twenty-five, he talks about the sheep and the goats at the end of the book here, and he and uh, he's talking about those who'll be on the right and those on the left. And in verse thirty-five and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When do we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, what? You did, I like the old verses, unto me. You see, when I look at someone that's broken in life, I not only want to teach Jesus to them and be Jesus to them, I need to see Jesus in them. You get what that means? I see the the potential of how they'll live like Jesus when they are converted. But more than that, I back it up even before that. I see that they are made in the very image of who? God. God in the flesh is Jesus. I see in them. They are the very image of God. They are valuable. They are made in God's image. And when when they come to Christ, they will be like Jesus. And so when I feed someone, I, I'm feeding Jesus. When I give them something to drink, I'm giving it to Jesus. When I visit in the prison, that those people are Jesus. They have the potential to be just like Jesus in this life and, and life to come. Because when they hear the good news of the gospel and they and they obey that good news, all of a sudden they, look, they look even like Jesus then, right? They are God's image and are valuable. And how dare we ever look down our nose at someone who is less fortunate us in life and think that I'm better than them. Pride never, likewise, never looks good on someone who's trying to be like Jesus. That somehow or another I wouldn't sit by someone that smelled bad or dressed wrong. That I would think that because I had it fortunate enough to get an education that, I, that someone who was uneducated would be somehow or another less valuable in the kingdom. Are you kidding me? That somehow or another because someone messed up in their brokenness of their life and they ended up in jail, that somehow or another because I didn't make that mistake that somehow I'm more valuable in society than they are. No. No, not in the kingdom of God. I need to see them not for the messes they've made because I've made my own messes. I don't deserve to be saved. I do not deserve to be up here preaching. I don't deserve to be having the opportunities that I have. I guarantee you that. It's only by God's grace that someone taught me and was Jesus to me and that saw something valuable in me that I could be here after all. And look, when you do that to someone else, who's the next preacher, who's the next missionary you're going to convert, who's the next person you're going to share the good news with that's one to reach thousands of people you never knew I've got to see in them Jesus I cannot see them as lower than myself so the spirit of humility has got to always go with us in our journey of preaching the good news there will never be an explosion and acts of evangelism by people who are prideful who think they're better than anyone else and I don't care if it's a different race, religion, whatever it is, you better just go ahead and get over it right now because it ain't about being black and white in here is it? You better not be brothers, we don't put up with that mess, not in this, not in this room, not in this church not going to put up with that. That's not being like Jesus. It's not going to help us. When I looked into those little brown eyes of that Dominican baby this week that was being held in those arms. Jesus, the image of God. That's what we have to see in people. Because we never know really what's going on in someone's life. Even if they look like everything's going along okay, sometimes they're so broken and they're so lonely and it's not seen on the outside that we don't, and and we think everything's going good with them. Yet if we'll share the gospel and take that step forward to be a part of their life, you may be the very one God uses to heal the brokenness their life. Lonely people are sitting all around us. We don't know where people are. That's why we don't pick and choose who to share the good news with. We share it with everybody. Watch this video. I think it'll help us to think just a little bit.
5: From the silver cup.
1: a part of helping people find that way back home. That's what ACTS is about, helping people find a way home. If you're here today, and you need to find a way home. That's what our invitation's about. You can do what old Darnell did earlier, be baptized into Christ and start all over and walk out here on a brand new journey. Maybe you hadn't been all sold out. You just need to say, you know, I just need to be forgiven for my lack of commitment. I need to get started, and I need to ask God to make it happen again in my life. Well, that's, that's what we're about. That's what our church is about. We want to see acts happen again. And so if you want to get on board with that, and you had not been where you need to be spiritually, that's what our invitation's about. Or maybe you're just like one of the folks you saw. Or you're just lonely. You need some folks to love on you, help you through your tough times. That's what family's for. We love you. We love you because God loved us first. He loved you enough to send his son to die for you. That's how valuable you are. The price paid for you with the son of God. That's pretty valuable. God thinks a lot of you. If you want to make sure you're going home, that's what we're asking you to do today. If you have a need, would you come while we stand and sing?
6: voice from heaven say Clothes became as white as light listen to him You gotta listen to him Listen to him Oh, 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 oh. listen to him Listen to him Moses and Elijah talking there with Jesus A
7: cloud and battle
6: the disciples faced down to the ground. Looked up
7: and the only one they found was Jesus.
6: Glorified. Glorified. Listen to him. whoa, you gotta listen to him, listen to him, listen. 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 because this is my son, Why?
7: To my rescue, you come to my rescue. being there for my rescue and Lord, I give all I can give, all my, all of my heart, long as I shall live. So Lord, oh Lord, I just wanna thank you. I just wanna thank you for coming. For coming to my rescue You come come to to my my rescue. rescue You come to my rescue you come to my rescue! rescue ooh, rescue! Keep on coming to my rescue. rescue! You come to my rescue! Keep on to
0: my rescue! rescue, to my rescue. rescue, rescue. My rescue. He's found this church family right here to be a nice place to settle down and really restore his marriage and his, uh, become the father he needs to become. I want to start that off today by obeying the gospel. Mm-hmm. And, uh, him and his wife both decide they want to obey the gospel and put on Christ right now. So I'm going to ask both of them, who's going to be the Lord of your life from this day forward? Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Black his response this morning as well, and he wants to put on Christ as well. So, who's going to be the Lord of your life from this day forward? Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah. He <laughs> responds this morning as well, and he wants to put uh, obey the gospel, so I'm going to ask you from this day forward, who's going to Lord your life? Yes, sir. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> nice you. nice you. The This will be your family. All right. Grab your nose, bend your knees, and go on <laughs>